Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There. Season 2. Season 2, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, leaking the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. Welcome to episode 22, or season 2, episode 1, Seinfeld Vision. Ooh, is that like Squiggle Vision? Uh, yeah, it's even better because it has Seinfeld in it. Ooh. So, uh, as always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And David, would you please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of Seinfeld Vision? Uh, Jack Donaghy has captured the spirit of Jerry Seinfeld in crazy hologram technology and is deploying him all across NBC's schedule. Why but Seinfeld fi- finds out and he doesn't like it. He is not too happy. As Well, then what's Liz's B story? And then the B story is back on the girly show, Suri asks Liz and Jenna to be bridesmaids and they reluctantly accept. And then Liz becomes a little bit too obsessed with her bridesmaid slash wedding dress. And her breakup with Floyd. And also, Jenna ate too much pizza over the summer in her Broadway play, which was an adaptation of Mystic Pizza. Yeah, which I'll talk about that when we get there. And then lastly, there's a relatively weak sea story of Kenneth becoming, like, Tracy's office wife. It's got some laughs in it, but it's just kind of like, eh. Kind of falls flat most of the time, but uh, I think, honestly, it's a strong uh, welcoming back to the show after... It's it's been gone for the summer and it's it's coming back. I think and it really leans into what we were talking about in season one of being very cartoony, very Looney Tunes, very wacky comedy. I think this really just hit all, hit all of those points for what Thirty Rock was going to be. Also, the main plot is my favorite kind of Thirty Rock comedy, which is television behind the scenes yes. insider. Yeah, that inside baseball. That stuff. Yeah, yes. it's a lot of fun. But before we get started. Seeing as it is the summer, ordinarily, the summer would be when you catch up on shows you miss that were airing in normal TV times because everything's on hiatus and everything's waiting to come back for fall. So this would be the time when you catch up on shows. So I thought it would be fun if there were any shows from this past season that you started or you picked up and you think people could spend some time with their summer checking out. Well, the most recent one is Fleabag on Amazon Prime. Okay, but that's not a new show, right? No, season two. Okay. Is it only season two? I feel yeah. like it's been around it's for a, years. Well, so the first season aired three years ago now. Oh and it was, like, it was It's a British model of six episodes in a season, and there's sometimes <laughs> like multi-year breaks in between. Because, yeah. I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is the star, writer, creator of Fleabag, has done a lot in the past few years in addition to Fleabag. She showran the first season of Killing Eve and another show called Crashing. Um, and she's been in Broadchurch and uh, Star Wars, the solo movie, I think, and a bunch of other stuff. So, Zoinks. so she's been busy. She's okay. Yes. Okay. Anything else? Anyway, so <laughs> that just came out. Um, that's, others... one of, that's one of those like critical darlings, I think. Like I know people talk about it. It seems like a fine show, but like I, I it just seems like when I read the synopsis, like this just it's not a show for me. Well, it's. Probably the best show on television, but also I'm afraid of it getting overpraised because I feel like it's also a very niche show. Like, it's not going to have very wide appeal. Right. And most critics like it, but it's also a show that is up the alley of most critics, I feel like. It's not a show that is going to appeal. Like, it's not a broad comedy by any means. So a lot of, a, maybe a person who watches a lot, a lot of network sitcoms probably i mean you never know i mean right. it, it, the venn diagram of it's the sort movies. of thing where it gets so much praise that i'm afraid that there might be a backlash of people watching like oh this show is terrible like right it's because it's it is really good but it's also uh, it's 
I mean, it's not like it's not a traditional. It's it's not like a lot of what what else is out there, which is I mean, which is good for it, but yeah. at the same time, it's it's a kind of a hard sell. Some yeah, some. I would say if you're a BoJack fan, you will probably like it okay. because it's not about depression the same way, but it's about. Uh, I'd say the first season is about a woman who is suffering grief that manifests in things like sex and drink and things like that so it's not quite depression because it's it's grief but it's adjacent enough that i i I think there's a lot in common and the humor is witty it's obviously it's not it's not a hollywood insider thing so it's not Mm -hmm. the same kind of jokes but it's the same i don't know it's an adjacent style of wit i would say okay you got anything else you want to throw out there real quick plenty but (laughs) for the sake of time you got just give us one more if you've got uh, one. Oh my god. Um <clears throat> Jesus. Um Alright, well while you while you I can give you about thirty probably. Just alright, first but... one that comes to your head. Alright, I'll go and I'll throw out mine while you're thinking. Uh the first one that I want to talk about, it's gonna be relatively brief, it's Chernobyl. It's the HBO miniseries that started after Game of Thrones. Uh Chernobyl has always been a really like it's same as like the Hiroshima and Nagasaki stuff like that, like it sounds really awful and morbid, but tragedies have always been really interesting to me just in terms of how they occur, what's brought it on, and then how people recover from it. And so far, Chernobyl has sort of shown that idea. Uh, it's At the time of recording, it's four episodes in. The fifth one's just a few days away from premiering. And it's just, it's really rough. It's not so... I've heard some people say like, oh, it's really into body horror. And I really don't think it's so much into body horror. I think episode three has the most grotesqueness that the series so far has shown. And it, it's pretty gnarly what they show. But the first two episodes are, are really just about... So obviously it occurs in the late 80s. Uh, the Soviet Union is still sort of in power and, and still this idea that they cannot show weakness. They cannot ask for help. It's, it's this real like bureaucratic socialist idea of like we have to show how strong we are. We're not allowed to ask for assistance. We can't let people know we're weak. We can't. And so the whole thing is like this big hidden story, like from the world. They refuse to acknowledge that it was just an oversight or a mistake. They will not admit that it's a mistake. And so it it ultimately turns into this whole thing of people have to go on trial. See, people have to be held responsible. And so it's, it's really, and it, I didn't know that uh, as a kid when reading about Chernobyl, I just thought it was a meltdown and, it ruined the like multitudes of towns, and then that was the end of the story. Like, no, there's way more to the story, uh, and it's it's really fascinating. It's really well done. It's it's really well paced. Like, again, it's only six episodes, so it's not going to be super long, but it's been really <clears throat> it's been really engripping, and I, I like it a lot. Um, is that a word? Engripping. Gripping. Engripping. Engripping is not a word. Shit. I don't think. No. Oh, I'm gonna leave it in. And then lastly, on the lighter side, I have to say what we do in the shadows uh, has been fantastic. Uh, it's coming up on its finale. Um, it's 10 episodes, so it's a relatively short series. But it's coming back for a second season, so I'm super excited. But it's uh, co-produced by the same guy who did the movie, Taiki Waititi. I really hope I pronounced that right. Uh, if you haven't seen anything else he's done, what we do in the shadows, hunt for the wilder people, and Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is easily his biggest to date just because it's part of the Marvel stuff. But it's the the story of what we do in the shadows is this 
modern day setting with vampires from the 13th, 14th, 15th centuries all living together in New Jersey and them just existing. Uh, the movie and the show sort of follow this mockumentary style of talking to the camera and just sort of awkward comedy and it's but it's just so it's so charming and it's so fun and they're just they're they're fun little characters but i really do like what we do in the shadows i know and i'm happy it's come back for a second did you think of a second show i have a laundry list but it's oh quick God. just okay just real quick hit the beats bold type if you like devil wears prada good trouble if you like the fosters and like the idea of girls having their first jobs in the big city that's the sequel to the fosters yes okay uh, Kim's Convenience and Schitt's Creek if you want a low-stakes Canadian charming comedy. Okay. Uh, final season of Veep, because it's the yeah. final season of Veep, which is the best legacy comedy on television of the past decade or so. Um, and those are the first bunch that came to mind, so uh, we'll go with that. That's a long list. And so, again, summers are not what they used to be with TV, and now that Netflix and Hulu and all that original stuff comes out. So there's never not something on. So, But uh, we just thought we'd throw out a couple of options for newer or maybe shows you've missed in the past oh and i should quickly uh (laughs) say the networks bold type and good trouble are free form which are also all on hulu uh schitt's creek and kimmy's convenience are on netflix yeah and veep is hbo of course yeah veep is hbo so getting back to 30 rock we'll just uh so this is season two it is i think we mentioned at the end of the first season this is a shorter season due to the writer's strike it cuts it about i think seven or eight episodes short of the full season we only get 15 episodes uh this season uh the sort of quick synopsis is liz is recovering from her fallout with floyd uh meanwhile jack and and devin banks are gunning for the ge ceo uh, as Don Geis uh, starts mentioning that he'll be stepping down. Uh, we get some more romance for Jack. Uh, Tracy starts on his next big goal of making the first porn video game. A lot of stuff is in this season, and even though it's a, it's, it's a season cut short, I think it's full of just memorable moments, memorable episodes, memorable cameos. We get, we get two of the six friends make it into this season. I think they're the only two friends that actually make it um, on 30 Rock. I don't think Courtney Cox shows up. I don't think Matthew Perry makes it. I don't think the other one that plays Joey. Matt LeBlanc? Matt LeBlanc and then Lisa Kudrow. I don't think the four of them make it onto, front, onto 30 Rock. So we get a small friends reunion, but they're not in the same episodes. Anyway, season two is strong of 30 Rock, even though it's cut short. So what do you say we just hop into it? Let's hop into it. And thankfully, the cold open gives us a very good synopsis of the first season as well as a recap of what we uh, are going to expect in this episode. Hey, how was your summer? Hey, Gary, how was your summer? Hey, how was your summer? Hey, Jack, there's my buddy. Walk with me, Levin. Great. I can't believe I haven't spoken to you since your heart attack. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Nobody from corporate knows about my cardiac events, and I want to leave it that way. I'm back, Lemon. I've had the most productive summer of my life. Me too. All of my summer replacement shows were big hits. America's Next Top Pirate, Are You Stronger Than a Dog, Milf Island. Milf Island? 25 super hot moms, 50 eighth grade boys, no rules. Oh, yeah. Didn't one of those women turn out to be a prostitute? That doesn't mean she's not a wonderful, caring milf. So I feel like this was the big part of the wave of networks throwing any old reality show and seeing if it was sick, yep. where obviously there are still plenty of reality shows on the air now, but it's kind of crested and come down to a more manageable, more or less, 
you know, we, we have our legacy shows. We have ones that, like new concepts aren't out there or just reboots of what was done before. No more crazy, like, let's just do any old thing and right. figure it out. Yeah, even in this episode, they'll talk about, like, Law & Order, which has now been canceled. SVU, um, no, but the clip well, shows from SVU, which is still okay. on the air. Well, he's, well, I'm just saying, he's specific yeah. Law & Order, which is by, I think, a couple or a few years after this episode will have been canceled. Uh, he throws out Heroes. Uh, medium, which I think is still going. No, 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 that's been off. The other No Deal, which has been rebooted. I think, I think it's in syndication or on CNBC or something, okay. but it's yeah. not primetime NBC. Yeah. Anymore. So I mean, like a lot, even a lot of the shows that they're touting about during this era of NBC, a lot of them just don't exist anymore, or were on their ways out anyway. Um, and it's also, yeah, it's, it's although they did. I mean, although most of them were rebooted or they tried to like obviously SVU is still on they tried to reboot mm-hmm. Heroes yeah. a couple years ago yeah. Deal or No Deal is still in syndication and mm-hmm. as we talked about mm-hmm. um, Medium well they haven't really done anything there but Patricia Arquette is mostly now just a movie and prestige yeah. TV star so yeah she's good yeah yeah uh, I, 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 I phrased that wrong. I said, now she's just a movie and prestige TV star who won an Oscar right. and is probably going to win some Emmys yeah. in this this fall. Nothing bigger yeah. than that. And he also mentions ER which I'd forgotten ER at the time was still on, but it wraps up, I think, a year after this. I think it wrapped up at the end of... No, I think it was early 2009 when that show wraps up. So it's got a couple more yeah. years on it. This um, was, I guess, this was when NBC... This was under the Jeff Zuckerman of mm-hmm. NBC where basically he tried to ride everything they had out of the last drops out of it. And that basically led to the point where it went from like the highest rated network to crashing to fourth place like yeah. within a few years before... They find before he, I guess, I hear him if he was fired. He ended up moving to CNN, but anyway, since then NBC has actually gone back to being the number one network. But yeah. well, I mean, because you had well, even though Thirty Rock and Parks Rec were never big ratings boosts, they were both critically like praised. Critics don't office, pay the bills. That's yeah. Unfortunately, like the Office is is at this time is is sort of gaining its steam. Like yeah. there's a time where NBC does start getting a little bit better but during this time specifically it was really just like kind of rough for that for that uh network yeah i I, what i remember is around i I don't know if it was you know this year when when it was airing but it was vaguely around this time it was the golden globes or some award show and tina fey was being interviewed on the red carpet for it and it was raining and she was i think the the reporter whoever asked about the rain she was like oh it's just god crying for nbc (laughs) it's so funny jeez (laughs) Uh, but visually i noticed with this with this episode and this season doesn't everything seem brighter it seems like their lighting budget or something has increased because everything just looks more sprightly Mm. in a weird way everything just like thinking back to season one everything just seemed like this real low hue of presentation here it seems a lot brighter a lot sharper maybe it's the cameras maybe they got better cameras maybe better production something but it just seems like everything's more sprightly with season two on of 30 rock so i don't know i can't i can't really describe it better than that so i don't know um but we still get uh we're still finishing up the recap and then as well as what jack's planning to do with seinfeld vision well uh, i had a great summer too and um did you Redecorate? Sir, I have all the latest Seinfeld Vision promos. Wonderful. What's Seinfeld Vision? Well, I realize that NBC owns hundreds of hours of footage of Seinfeld from his massively successful television series, Seinfeld. So my old tech guys were able to digitally capture Seinfeld, and now we can basically make him do or say whatever we want. 
So for the month of October, all of our primetime shows will feature a computerized guest appearance from Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. If you didn't kill her, why didn't you stay? Quit grilling me! Seinfeld vision! Save the cheerleader, save the world. Chiarito squid. Seco squid. Yeah, that's what I said. Seinfeld vision! Deal or no deal. I'll take that deal! Does Jerry Seinfeld know you're doing this? Uh, uh, Jerry's in Europe with his family right now, but by the time he gets back, Seinfeld Vision will be a monster hit, and his kids will go to school, and their friends will say, I really loved your dad in that episode of Medium last night, and he's... he's gonna love it. Uh-huh. It's funny. It's a great bit. But in order for everything that Jack is trying to do here, Seinfeld at some point within NBC and within his show has had to say all of those lines. For them to be digitally put into these shows. You don't remember the infamous episode of Seinfeld where they had to save the cheerleader to save the world? I mean, to be honest, I really haven't watched that much of Seinfeld. I've seen the finale and I've seen some episodes here and there. But, I mean, the whole—I mean, obviously the whole joke is just like, obviously they re-recorded when he was on 30 Rock to record these jokes, blah, blah, blah. But in the idea of 30 Rock, at some point in some time in all of these shows, he said, quit grilling me, or he said... Well, I can believe that. I'll take that deal. Like, he's had to say all of these in the context of Seinfeld for them to be able to transfer it to Deal or No Deal, Law and Order, Heroes. He's had to say all of these. And the best part is the design of... It's just... It's so poorly done, too, on purpose. Like... It's really bad green screen of him being projected into Law and Order. It's really bad green screen of him being projected into Deal or No Deal. Like, it just looks really rough. But it's just like, it's funny, but it's also kind of. But I would hate to be the editor having to work all of that and, and find, okay, we need him saying this. All right, so go through every episode of Seinfeld where he said it, pull it out, and put it into this. Like, it just sounds like a nightmare. But you're probably getting paid very well to do it. It just sounds. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> the concept of children, school-age <laughs> children watching Medium even 10 whatever years ago right. is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, and, and that it's a water it's a water cooler show that you talk about. To, like, to be fair, my mom loved that show and she watched it every week. So yeah, like I saw mom bits wasn't a child. I know, well, but, but I'm saying I mean I I saw some episodes and bits and pieces of it because she would watch it when it was on. But still the fact of just like I'm picturing like kids sitting down yeah. to watch it like they watch Riverdale now or something right. and being like yeah, Medium is definitely not. I don't know. I didn't know Medium was an NBC show. It just seems like what's the what's the CBS one? That's with an M. Uh, Mentalist. Mentalist. I think I always got those two mixed oh. up. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Well, the Mentalist was a man, and the Medium was a woman. I know, so. but I didn't watch either one of them to know enough about any of it, so I didn't really have a good opinion. Well, I had a great summer too. I started a quilt. I did yoga twice a week. I wore flip flops in public. I really feel like this is going to be my year. Biggest loser. So what <laughs> uh, we broke up. We agreed that it was crazy to try it long distance, and I feel great about it. Oh, come on, Lemon. If there's two things I'm certain of, one is you will never finish that quilt. I know. And you are not over Floyd. No, I, I really am, Jack. I'm telling you, this is my year. I feel like the show's going to be great, and I'm very positive that I'm going to meet someone else. Yeah, Lemon, women your age are more likely to be mauled at the zoo than get married. Good to see you. Bye. Glad we're both doing so great. Put Floyd's name on that quilt. Liz was just tempting fate with all that repetition. This is going to be my year. No, she said it one too many times. You just know no, that it's course. not going to go well. Yeah, it's the same as like the person that yells the loudest is likely the most guilty of everything. So, uh, yeah, but I don't know. It's it's 
it's also really funny because they keep saying this is my year this is my year but in the context of 30 rock it's fall like well the new, new television i know i know I know, I know I know again it's it's breaking down the joke so it's not funny but they're saying oh it's gonna be my year it's fall you're starting a new show yeah like, but i feel like television people especially network television television people probably think of year in right, fall right, right. As new, no it's the same as, like, as a new year you think like the fiscal year versus the calendar yeah exactly. fiscal, it all i mean time's completely relative anyway it's all made up by man so it doesn't really matter uh. but it's still it's like it's always funny hearing her say it's gonna be my year and it's like well it's it's probably July or August, so your year is halfway over. But again, it's breaking down the joke. It's not funny, but it's always it's it's just comical because she says it like multiple times this episode. When we come back from the opening, and we learn that Tracy Jordan's been kicked out for what could possibly have happened. Yo, kid, I'm gonna use this whole kitchen area as my bathroom. Spread the word. What is this? Mr. Jordan's wife kicked him out. She froze my credit cards, Liz Lemon, and she got custody of Grizz. Can I keep my cocktail in your office? No, go home and apologize to your wife. But what? I'm not apologizing. Because for once in my life, I haven't done anything wrong. How many years have you known me, Liz Lemon? One. So you know I like the minister to transvestite prostitutes? I don't think I didn't know that, no. It's true. He doesn't mess with them. He just tries to get them into computer school. Ah. So Labor Day weekend, I see this young she-dude at the dumps about a 40-40. I pull over and I say, you don't have to live your life like this. You could be a freaky deaky and do data entry. Sure. What about court reporting? Believe in yourself. Right. So as I reach in the trash and pull this dude out, a paparazzo jumps out and takes a picture of me. Tracy Jordan and his wife, Angie. Oops. So not only are you holding a transvestite prostitute. They confused Shem with Mrs. Jordan. Yes, ma'am. And they think she looks better here than she did at the 2004 Grammys. Who's going to do my banking? Who's going to write my blogs? Who's going to do the cooking on Taco Wednesdays? Oh, okay. Well, Ken, if you are now in charge of helping Tracy with any of the non-sexual things that Angie would do for him. So he's like my office wife? Sure. Let's go with that. Kenneth Parcell. Would you take this ring and sell it in the Jewish part of Midtown and use the money to get us a Nintendo Wii? Yes. Yes, a thousand times yes. <laughs> I think the best thing to say about that scene is public understanding of transgender people and that sort of thing has come a long way in the past ten years. Very much a long way. Because yeah. that scene could exist today, but it would be written would in be a much different way. You, wouldn't, you would not say... She shim. dude or shim. You would not say shim in any way. You would not say she dude. And refer to to, to them as him. As, yeah, and you wouldn't necessarily say he she. Yeah. Yeah. There's all a lot that. Of, all a lot that of is just in there that are just kind of like a little dated to now. Yeah. Of its so, time, but it, it would just be it would definitely be written differently if it were today. But it's still presented in a very positive way. Like it's not he. I mean, he really does want to help someone, but it's just like yes. The, it's still there's some ignorance yeah. there. well i think it was like, kind of a parody is that hugh, hugh grant thing right that yeah. he was caught with a trans prostitute or something yeah that's that's yeah. more likely what it's playing yeah. off of but it's still like the joke that they got a picture of him with this person and the paparazzi thought that it was his wife yeah. and she looked really rough that's funny but some of the terminologies from around is just kind of gross but i do really want to quick they mentioned video games i have to talk about them this was the time when the Nintendo Wii was literally, figuratively, on fire. This was when every single person that you knew had a Wii because it was huge. It had 
stolen the casual market and destroyed everything. It was I know. selling. I was in college then, and my roommates yeah, and I every, played it all the time. I did so much one. Wii bowling. Everyone had a Wii that you knew, and then by the end of this season, everyone that you knew that was hype on the Wii would have forgotten about it. Like that's just how trends go. But uh, yeah, Wii was big at this time. It launched the year before in 2006, and by 2007. It had no, enough name recognition. It's getting mentioned on networks and is selling like ridiculous. So kudos, Wii. And then Nintendo followed up with the Wii U and confused everyone and sold nothing. So congratulations. But the Switch, they're doing well. They're doing good. Wonderful. And we get to see so, Jenna. Jenna makes it into the first uh, first episode of the new season. And I think everyone's in this. Pete's Josh in, Josh, in it. Josh is in it. Oh, he doesn't have it? a line. Oh, I mean, he has like lines. He's it. like murmuring in the oh. groups, but he doesn't have a specific one. But Jenna's in it. And she has a very revealing summer. Liz, how was your summer? Good. Because my play was amazing. There is nothing like the thrill of doing a live show on Broadway. <laughs> you know, Jojo, when life keeps handing you anchovies, just cover them up with some extra cheese and make a pizza. Well, I'm sorry I missed it. It sounds just like the movie. And I... <gasps> what happened to you? Do I look fat? Liz, I had to eat four slices of pizza on stage at each performance. Jenna, that's 32 pieces of pizza a week. No, that can't be right. <laughs> Liz, it's like I flipped the eating switch and I can't flip it back. You have to help me. What? How am I... Oh, it's worse from behind. Oh, I'm on it. She needs to lose 30 pounds or gain 60. Anything in between has no place in television. I can't believe I missed you. I feel like that still holds true because oh, if you think absolutely. about it, basically everyone on a network show is very skinny or very overweight. They're lovable goof. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, not, or not goof, just like right. You know, because I'm thinking of like dramas, like This Is Us, like yeah. Did yeah? There's there, there's Mike and Molly was. Yeah, that's well, that's I don't think it was on at this time either. It might have been starting up. Uh, it only ran for like a few seasons, didn't it? Like five I think it six. ran for five or six, which has yeah. been pretty good. That's good. For, I mean, it was a yeah. CBS. I, I think it was the thing where Melissa McCarthy was getting so big that they, yeah. she, she, I mean, she really did a couple of years longer than she needed to. Could, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. it could only go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really wanted to show you this like a couple months ago. Mystic Pizza is literally going to be a musical. Really? Guess who's doing it? Tina Fey. She wants you to come to her window. Melissa Etheridge? Melissa Etheridge is involved. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a Broadway show, but it is literally a thing that is now... That's probably one of those things where where they do it and test it out in Chicago or Philadelphia or Boston or whatever, then if it does well enough, then they'll They'll bring it to Broadway. Yeah, Yeah. But uh, I've never seen Mystic Pizza. I don't... I think it came around the same time as... Is that Sean Penn? It's Julia Roberts, right? I don't know. I yeah. really don't know enough about it. It's Julia it. Roberts and other people. She's. I haven't seen either. She's okay. the only one I know is in it. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's. Like, I, was there, I don't know if it was quite a rom com. I don't know. It's one of those movies that's like very I thought it'd popular. Be, it seemed like one of those Oscar movies. Uh, I don't think so. No. I don't think it was an Oscar movie. It, but it also seems like one of those movies that would not make the transition to Broadway. So that's the whole joke here: is right. why is it on Broadway? Also, Jenna's on Broadway, and that's not a bigger deal. Like. That should be an incredibly big deal. Well, it's Mystic Pizza. But it's also a, not summer, a, it's a summer Broadway, so I don't check know off. what those do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about mixed Mystic Pizza. I think I, I get it mixed up with I Am Sam, and I've never seen that movie either. That, uh, yeah, so Mystic Pizza is 1988, so long before I Am Sam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Julia Roberts, 
Annabeth Gishley, Taylor Vincent D'Onofrio. Hmm. Um, yeah, the film has gained a large. Yeah, it, 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 it's a culty movie. Is is uh, is mostly what I know about it. But so it was one of the writers probably watched it a lot as a kid or, or teen. I was like, I'm somehow. Oh, joke about it was this. Matt Damon's film debut. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's about a few friends who are waitresses at a place called Mystic Pizza. Uh, I don't know. Hijinks ensue. Is it a comedy? It is... Uh, hold on. Someone meets it a handsome sounds, young man at the bar. It sounds like it's trying to do like an adult... It sounds like a um, dramedy, dramedy slash like an adult, rom-com. Um, what's that movie? Breakfast Club. Seems like an adult breakfast club. Which I might be in for. That actually sounds kind of interesting. It's, you might have to check it out. Wikipedia calls it a coming-of-age film. So I guess basically a dramedy for people in their early 20s working at a pizza joint and falling in love. Yeah, I might have to check this out now. But then it does not seem a movie that would make the transition to Broadway in any way. But I mean Shrek did. Exactly. <laughs> and so did Spider Man for one Well Spider Man deadly, deadly and enduring uh presence. Spider Man was a notorious flop. Flop among I mean Yeah. Although that should have been this that should have been it could have worked. Transition. Yeah, but well, the problem is they the person Julie Tamer who they hired is she's a great Broadway writer and I, whatever the equivalent to showrunner is, but that I it, it wasn't the right fit for that kind of show. I like, blame Bono. Probably. I, I mean, U two does ruin everything. That's so I mean, U two U two killed Apple. I they mean, ruined, they ruined iTunes for a yeah. little while. And now and now Apple's killing iTunes. So look what you did, U two. Good job, U two. Uh, but Liz gets to meet the writers, and unfortunately, they have some comments about Jenna that are not very nice. Did Jack say anything about my weight? No, he didn't even mention it. He's not noticing. No one is noticing. Whoa! Hey, Mr. Michelin, I love your tires. <laughs> okay, everyone, welcome back. Some of you may be wondering what happened between me and my boyfriend Floyd this summer. Uh, the answer is we did break up, but I am doing fine. Is Floyd the black guy? Okay, you don't care. I don't care either. So, great. Um, I want a packet of 50 ideas from each of you by tomorrow morning. What? Oh, Hey, I need to ask you guys something. Move away from me. Don't stand near me. Will you guys be bridesmaids in my wedding? Oh, that is very sweet, but I think I might be past bridesmaid age. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it hard for you because you just broke up with that Floyd guy? No. What? No. That's not... You know, I would love, we would love to be your bridesmaids. Great. We need to go dress shopping tomorrow then. So meet me at Lay Fest at 10 a.m. Yay! <laughs> oh, now I have my something old. You know what Lay Fest is uh, French for? The face? The buttocks. Was So derriere is also the buttocks, right? Yes. Hmm. They just come to the butt at 10 a.m. Exactly. Good for them. Way yay French. But someone's on the scene in 30 Rock. Hey, you know where I could find that Jack Donaghy? I got a bone to pick with that guy. I, I don't know which bone I'm going to pick, but he's got some bones and I'm going to pick one. <laughs> Really? 
Eververse is so adorable yeah. in this scene. I, I have to say, I wouldn't expect TV superfan Ken to act in any yeah. different way yeah. when he encounters a, a TV legend. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, as my, I don't, I, but I guess it's the first real big TV legend he's seen at 30 Rock. Yeah, so or at least that we've seen he's that seen. We've, yeah, yeah, that we've experienced him seeing. But apparently, uh, quick IMDb trivia says this was like a genuine reaction when he saw Jerry Seinfeld in this scene. I don't know, maybe he was just told, all right, you're going to go film a scene with someone. Maybe it was like him getting on the elevator was like a genuine reaction mm-hmm. because it did seem like, it yeah. did feel genuine, but it's also it's acting, so it's kind of hard to, also it's the internet telling trivia, so take it with a grain of salt. But it does seem believable that like he knew that he was going to record a scene, but didn't actually know Jerry Seinfeld was going to be in it. I don't know. But, Surprise! Yeah. yeah, so that sort of breaks Kenneth for the entire... Uh, episode he's just sort of giddy for jerry seinfeld throughout so while dress shop and so this is a a jam-packed episode so we're gonna try and cut back on clips uh there's a really fun set of scenes at the dress shop with liz sari and jenna Uh, but liz gets a call that she needs to stall jerry seinfeld while jack can think of a few ideas this is our control room. Uh-huh. There's nobody in there. I'm sorry, there's nothing to see. We just got back from summer hiatus yesterday. Yeah, everybody's summer good? Oh, mine was great. I read like two books. I broke up with my boyfriend, but I'm doing great. I'm totally over mm-hmm. it. Still talking? Oh, no, 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 no. I haven't talked to him since, oh, I don't know. August 9th, 4.17 p.m.? Mm-hmm. It's not over. Oh, no, it's over. I'm over it. No, it's not over till you pick up the phone. You say, I don't love you anymore. They say, I don't love you anymore either. You go, great, I'll pick you up in 20. Let's grab a scone. A scone, yes. I want that. I'm going to call him. Jack? 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 Jerry, is that you? Nobody told me you were here. Oh, I'm here, Jack. Kenneth, why don't you tell me Mr. Seinfeld is here? <laughs> What's wrong with that? But Jerry confronts Jack about Seinfeld vision. So how can I help you, Jerry? Jack, I was vacationing with my family in Europe in a country only rich people know about. Svenborgia? <laughs> no, better. But I can't tell you. Anyway, my mother called to tell me that I'm going to be on Law and Order. An ER. So I called my agent to find out, when did I shoot these things? That's the beauty of this, Jerry. It's all done with computers. When you see it, you're going to love it. 25 sexy moms, 50 sweaty 8th grade boys, and one beloved American comedy star. This Wednesday on Milf Island. Really? Is that really your pitch? Okay. I get it. So when do you think on Seinfeld he said, this Wednesday on Milf Island? (laughs) You're right. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. That would have never happened. Um, <laughs> but there is a there is an issue or goof in that because it does say twenty five moms and the 50, voiceover. But the and the voiceover says twenty five moms, yeah. but the on screen display says twenty moms. So it's just a lack of communication there in production. Just, come on, Thirty Rock. Come on, that, that makes this episode a B plus at best. It can never go beyond that. Um, but yeah, it, it, but on the real, how? Because around this time, there were legitimate, like, commercials using famous dead people to hawk things. Like, I can't think of any at the top of my head, but I know, like, Frank Sinatra or something would be, like, um, CG'd into, like, singing Fly Me to the Moon for some car commercial or something like that. So, like, how long do you think it'll be till where, like, 
Tupac's hologram will not just be appearing at Coachella and it'll be like full on on a TV show. Like, do you think that's something that's going to happen in the next 15 years of TV? I don't know. I think in the next 10 to 15 years may still be a little too taboo. But at some point, I feel like, yes, it's probably bound to happen. But, right, because right now, I guess you can kind of, right, you can do the holograms. You can kind of do, have, like, machines recreate people's voices to mm-hmm. sound like them. But Well, in, in the most recent uh, Star Wars, uh, in um, Rogue One, mm-hmm. they aged down... Um, Carrie Fisher and they aged down the guy that played General Tarkin. Yeah, well, so, they did they do that in Captain Marvel too. To uh, yeah, they've done Samuel it for Jackson. yeah, they've done it for a lot of uh, that stuff too. So it's like clearly technology is there. It seems yeah. like it's still for like a big budget TV is where or you, big you, budget movie. Yeah, rather, but but in terms of even famous dead people, you still have their estates. Mm-hmm. So there's probably you would have to, I assume strike some sort of deal to pay to them to use their likeness so it's yeah. probably a legal area slash maybe no one has approached them yet because they're they don't know how to go or they haven't paid enough money or they just ha- or, or the estates are just you know of that haven't approached just like don't aren't interested yeah. in doing it i mean even I, if they are getting paid for it i, I feel know. like depending on the estate you probably wouldn't need to use your family's likeness to get more money then again they might be really greedy and really still want the money, so they would absolutely sign off on anything. I mean, judging by Harper's Lee, Harper Lee's estate, they will license anything. So we might see Harper Lee hawking, who knows what to kill a mockingbird, Two. something or others. But oh I, I don't know. It's I mean, kind of, it's kind of like part of me thinks it's really gross that you would just allow your family and and your not even your likeness, your family's likeness, to just continue profiting off of them. It's just kind of like. I can't really necessarily defend it, but well, as long as copyright laws continue to be extended and things like that, it's it's very lucrative for those extended families to hold sure. on to rights and I don't know, yeah. make as much as they can. Yeah, yeah it's kind of. I mean, think of Tolkien. I mean, Amazon is spending billions on that Lord of the Rings series. Like, can you imagine how much the Tolkien estate is taking? I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies, the Hobbit movies, now Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings series, like the books. That's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Game of Thrones is probably going to do the same thing. Yeah. In 20 years, there'll probably be a Game of Thrones reboot. Well, we'll or... see. I don't think we have, we don't have nearly enough distance to see. Because, I mean, there True. have been big series that have basically, I want to say flamed out, but once you get several years past their big moments of pop culture, like, they just aren't remembered. So it's way too soon to tell. I mean, if... it'll be 20 years before that nostalgia really hits. It'll be 20 years films. before the last book comes out, if it, if it ever comes out. <laughs> if it ever comes out, yeah. Um, but I mean, just think like, all right, so things we grew up with 20 years ago, 30 years ago, like Ninja Turtles has been rebooted several times in my lifetime. That was a late eighties show. It's been done to death. Um, Care Bears has probably got rebooted several times. Like just, uh, Incredible Hulk's been rebooted countless times. Hazard's been rebooted. Like all of these things, Miami Vice was rebooted. Carmen San Diego. Carmen San Diego. Like everything will be rebooted or has some sort of nostalgia. I'm surprised, like, a lot of those other PBS shows, like uh, Wishbone. Wishbone seems, like, easy. Why would, yeah. you, why would you not reboot that and then cast Archer? Archer would be the well, perfect Well, but see, the Carmen Sandiego, I mean, that, well, that, that was over for a while. You know what? Netflix is, is the one that revived it, right, not but, PBS. Yeah, and then that's not so much the PBS version. That's the more um, cartoon version yeah. that, that was around the same time. But I would love to see the the game show maybe come back because I, yeah. I enjoyed that way more than I enjoyed the Carmen San Diego cartoon yeah. personally but 
Yeah, I mean, it, Game of Thrones will get a reboot in twenty years. Same with everything else. It's it just, could. I I don't know. I have. Works. I for some reason I have a feeling that that one is not going to stand the test of time. I think it's just something. Though, about, I think I, I think know. it'll. There's so much more lore to that. You could always do a prequel leading up to all of that. It's true, and, but and like think about how huge Lost was, and now like people vaguely no one remember it, but. Thirty years from now, no one's going to care about Lost at all. I mean, like, no, I mean, you know, not necessarily for a reboot, but I still think it'll have, it'll be on the fringe of people remember this fondly, or at least remember it had its legacy. Yeah. We'll see. I just have a feeling it's. I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's going to endure like a Star Wars or that no, sort of thing. No, no, I don't think it'll be anything like Star Wars level of 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 nostalgia or reminisce. But it'll it'll have its legacy. It'll be earned. I think Lost is a fine show, but. Anyway. This is a two-way street. All right, Jerry, what NBC shows do you want to be digitally inserted into? I like Lost. Is that you guys? Jerry, don't be difficult. The fact of the matter is that Seinfeld vision is perfectly legal and there's nothing you can do to stop us. I'm sorry, but it's business. Here's some business. How about I buy NBC and turn it into the biggest Lane Bryant in Midtown? <laughs> Jerry, come on. You're going to buy NBC like you've got $4 million just laying around? Jerry, I'm sorry. Give me two days, and I'll come up with something you'll really be proud of. Besides, you owe me. Remember, St. Bart's? I saved your life from that shark. All right, Jack. I'll come back. But I still think you shot a dolphin. So do you really think NBC is only $4 million? Well, obviously. I would hope so. Not. We could all pull our money together but by NBC. Do you know what makes this extra hilarious? Do you remember that show, The Marriage Ref? No. On NBC? So, yes, I do vaguely. aired around 2010. So this was Jerry Seinfeld's... Big, he hadn't really done anything or led pre, anything since Seinfeld. Yeah, so his big, his big comeback to TV was a show called The Marriage Ref, which from what I remember, I didn't watch, but it was basically people who had marital disputes came on this show and like celebrities like adjudicated their disputes or whatever. So it's like, it's so funny that like the whole thing is like, he doesn't want to do Seinfeld vision. Like he isn't interested in all these cheap reality shows, but it's like in real life, I guess a, a year, within a year or two after this aired, his big TV comeback was this big nonsense that flamed yeah. out and didn't well, last more than a couple seasons i don't think it's so much for this that he's against seinfeld vision and that he doesn't want to be remembered solely for seinfeld i think it's more like you're using my like likeness without even getting my clearance like that's not that's not okay which i agree i don't think that's okay either and i i'm gonna only assume the marriage ref was a contractual obligation and that was the only reason he did that like he he, he they were like we need we're desperate. You have name recognition as being Jerry Seinfeld. We will throw you millions and millions and millions of dollars to do this show for us. But you also have a contract. You have to fulfill it. And so he's like, all right. And I'm sure it was a pretty easy job. I'm sure he wasn't writing any of it. He was probably just cast on to come in and He was the exec- do his exec- executive producer. But again, a title they could have just thrown at him to get him to do the show. I'm not, I'm not going to talk down Jerry Seinfeld's work ethic. I'm sure he's, he, he, he's a hard worker. But that show seems like a show like he's not really having to try on that much. Again, I haven't seen it, but I remember seeing promos for it, and I was like, this looks dreadful. Who's asking for this? Who wants to watch this? Well, right, that's the thing. It wasn't, I mean, I, I think NBC bought it immediately, but it was his, it was It was a thing that he came up with and was shocking. Around. He came up with it? Yes. It was oh. like, because I was thinking, cause there were, I remember there were a lot of articles at the time where it was like, you know, like all the things he could have done, and like this is his big 
project he wants to sell. And of course, NBC bought it immediately because it, I mean, and well, and NBC really, I mean, 2010 was like, NBC was really in the pits. Yeah. So. Yikes. What did that last, like two seasons? Yeah, two seasons, 22 episodes apparently. Ugh. But yes, it uh, was critically lambasted. I don't think the ratings were ever, I, I think the, like maybe the first episode was fine, but the ratings really weren't great anyway. It just kind of yeah. limped to... Uh, it doesn't seem like a primetime show. It seems like a show that would be like daytime. Oh, for sure. Like a daytime yeah. when so Judge Judy watched The Marriage Counselor, which I'm sure what, if it ever got to syndication, that's what it would turn into. But still, it just seems like so below him. Like, Yes. Yeah. Fun fact, the week after its debut, it was beat in its time slot by The Mentalist and Private Practice. Oh, he should which, have been on The Mentalist. Yeah, it would apparently. have been so much better for him. <laughs> so Liz buys the dress out of... A sale as well as just desperation because this is going to be her year. It's not desperation. It's going to be her year. She knows she's going to get married. She's she just wants to have her dress to be doing, prepared. She's doing it in a different order. Exactly. You don't have to necessarily get married, then have the house, then have the kids. You can do all of that. Just have your dress so you're ready whenever the time exactly. comes. Or for a Korean funeral. Or you know? for a Korean funeral. You never know. You never know. But Jack is in full-blown crisis mode. I'm in full-blown crisis mode. I've already sold $20 million worth of ad time for Seinfeld Vision, and now Jerry wants to pull the plug, but I don't care because I thrive in crisis mode. It's when I'm really at my best. And the fact that I do not have one idea how to solve this only energizes me more. I've been brainstorming all night. Here we go. Number one, kill Seinfeld. Number two, kill Seinfeld, then kill myself. Number three, kill Seinfeld, flee to Sven Borgia, then kill myself. Yeah, you know, Jack, I'm not having the best day either. Number 70, really... you seduce Seinfeld. Mom, why is me seducing Seinfeld all the way at 70? Number 71, I fake a hurricane and all regularly scheduled programming is preemptive. These are terrible ideas. There are no bad ideas in brainstorming limit. I'm sure I'll come up with something at the 11th hour. I always do. Because I'm just that good. It was on sale. There's also a fun visual gag as he's exiting the office. He smells the poster of food because obviously his stress relief in the first season was he ate a lot. But since he's had his heart attack, he can't eat as much anymore. So he's just trying to get his his feel of smelling food to be enough to get him by. I know what you're thinking. How did I lose 25 pounds in one day? I didn't. It's visual trickery. Drawing the eye up. <laughs> hey, Liz, you gotta see this. Jenna looks bananas. <gasps> you do. No, the real crazy is in here. Liz lost it. It was on sale. I thought you and Floyd broke up. We did, and I am doing great with it. I just bought a dress. Because, you know, I, I don't need society's permission to buy a white dress. I mean, who says this is a wedding dress anyway? In Korea, they wear white to funerals. All right, uh, I'm in charge now. Everyone go home. No, I'm not crazy, Frank. I'm making a statement that if need be, I will marry myself. And I am not embarrassed that you guys are seeing me wearing this. So you're intending to wear that all day? Yeah. Chocolate rain? Maybe I am. Liz, um, Seinfeld's here, and Jack's not ready for him, so you need to give him another tour. Wonderful. Did you like Tezande's chocolate rain? One of the bigger YouTube memes of that time? Yeah, you know what? I didn't really... I mean, I, I remember when it was around, but I didn't really take that much notice of it, or get no. into it, really. I remember hearing it, and then I was just like... Eh, really I like, saw it once, and was just like, eh, and never really yeah. paid much attention to it otherwise. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't care that much for it. It was just kind of like, it was very simplistic from what I remember. It was just like one simple beat and then him just like chocolate. It's just like, 
it, it didn't sound good to me. I didn't know if it was supposed to be like a gospel or opera. Like it just, it's not a, t- a type of sound that I would really go for, but yeah, he's still making his money. I think I'm sure he's doing something well with his life. Ooh, chocolate rain. Hello, Jerry. Well, well, well. So you called that boyfriend. Yes, I did. And it went well? No, it didn't, Jerry. A woman answered. Another woman already? What did you say to her? I did a fake survey. You did the fake survey? I know. I'm not over it. And now I'm wearing this. What is the deal with my life? Are you imitating me? No. This is what I sound like when I cry. I think I'm a little insulted. You're insulted. I'm crying. Oh, we definitely get a lot of product integration uh, of this episode of showing NBC Universal hyping B-movie B-movie into 30 Rock and that makes sense Jerry Seinfeld's in B-movie but it still is like this is around that time when there was just a very prominent thing to do of, of showcasing product intergortion can we get our money now? yeah that's coming up we'll get there I got nothing Mr. Seinfeld's here I got nothing oh Jerry wonderful please come in come in can I get you uh, some water? No, thank you. Would you like some tea, some coffee, some iced coffee, of iced tea? We have some juice. Oh, some all right, all right. I'll just I'll give me a water if that just moves it along. Okay. Uh, boy, have I got a presentation for you. This presentation is going to uh, knock your socks off. Here, let me close this window so we don't have any glare on the monitor. How was your weekend? It's Thursday. Well, I mean, last weekend. It was very nice. Can we just move this presentation along, please? It's Seinfeld Vision. And giving America the programs they like the star that they love for one incredible month of television. What the hell are you doing? one million dollars and five free commercials for your animated feature b movie and you let me run this for one week two million dollars to the charity of my choice ten free commercials for b movie opening november 2nd and i do nothing you let me run seinfeld vision for three nights i give you 1.5 million dollars for the charity of your choice unlimited free promotions on the today show and you give me the name of that country you went to one night doctors without borders roker in a b costume Grenyarnia. <laughs> Is Grenyarnia next to Genovia? I think it's across from Svinborgia. Oh. Yeah. But Svinborgia sounds more like a Dutch area. Or oh, I was like, thinking like Swedish. Yeah, Nordic, Sweden, yeah. that area. Grenyarnia, I'm trying to think where that would be. It sounds almost met- um, Mediterranean. It sounds like a fantasy world name. No, it just sounds like Mediterranean. No. Like a mix of Greek and Italian. No, it sounds like some fantasy. Oh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Exactly. He invented it. He invented exactly. Grignogna. As we come to the close of this episode, uh, Liz has her revelation and uh, understands her $4,000 dress is nothing more than a meat napkin. Oh no! Did a Korean person die? No, Tracy. It's a wedding dress. Don't do it, Liz Lemon. 
I know what me and Kenneth have. Looks perfect on the outside. But it's work, damn it. It's work. I'll go with Seinfeld. I think I pulled it off. Good God, Lemon, what's happened to you? I thought this was going to be your year. I couldn't even hold it together one week. I'm not you, Jack. I can't have a heart attack and pretend like it never happened. I can't break up with someone and immediately recover. I'm not you. I'm just me. Lemon, don't ever say you're just you. Because you are better than you. And I am not going to let you give up. This is going to be our year. Now give me the ham. I like the ham. Come on. $4,000 ham napkin. I look pretty though, right? Don't push it, Lemon. So that's uh, episode one of season two, Seinfeld Vision. David, what'd you think? It was funny. I agree. I think the C plot of Kenneth and Tracy is the weakest slash forgettable uh, bit of this entire episode. There's moments in it they're ha in the moment but after this episode you'll just completely forget they really even happened there's not really that many laughs that uh, last um but there's a lot of fun with the whole jenna um <laughs> her broadway show but yeah and and then the whole thing with seeing jack super stressed over the whole sample it's just a solid episode and it really just blends into that looney tunes wackiness that 30 rock was building in the first season and, and has unleashed in its first episode of season two. All the NBC stuff was funny yeah, because yeah. all of these things, as silly as they are, are like only a degree away from reality of things NBC tried or could have tried when they yeah. were desperate enough. They were definitely like in the know of, of what NBC was yeah. doing behind the scenes and they're clearly just making fun of a lot of it. So. And that is always fun. I like, I like the inside baseball stuff of... You, the casual viewer is just like, oh, this is fun, fun TV jokes. And it's like, no, it's it's grounded in some sort of reality, even if it's maybe cranked up to a cartoony level. Like, they're not just unabashed mockeries. There's some some sort of reality here. So uh, I think it's I think it's it's a lot of fun. And um, any last thoughts before we uh, before we close out? Who knows if Jenna's going to lose the weight or not? Who knows indeed? I think Jenna knows. But we'll just have to continue watching and then see if we get there. We will wrap it up with Season 2, Episode 1, Seinfeld Vision. And we will look forward to Episode 2, Jack Gets in the Game. Devin Banks comes back and he's got a plan to what? guarantee he'll be part of GE for life. What game is it? Twiddlywinks? It's Twister. Uh, by Milton Bradley. I don't actually know if they did that. That probably. sounds like a Parker Brothers. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyway, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, uh, Apple Podcasts is the best way to let us know. Reviews and all that fun stuff is really going to help us. If you like what we're doing, you can go to our coffee, ko-fi.com backslash go to there. And we will see you in episode two of season two, Jack Gets in the Game. David, take us out. See you next time.